We want you to take your Bible today and continue our, our series in the book of John. John chapter number 10 today. And uh, we've themed our series, Why Christianity is Special. And I believe Christianity is special because our God is not still dead. He came out of the tomb on the third day, well and good. Amen. Everybody else's God is still in the graveyard. Uh, Confucius is still confused and Buddha is still fat. Amen. I drove by a Muslim cemetery the other day and saw somebody coming out. I wanted to stop and ask them if they saw any virgins in there. You'll get it after a while. Well, Jesus said in verse number one of chapter 10, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I'm about to say something that is very, very important. Starts it out with verily, verily. Listen real close, he's trying to say. Because what I'm about to say is earth-shaking. It's soul-saving. It's the earthquake of all earthquakes. The tsunami of all tsunamis. It should be on the 6 o'clock news every evening. And signed off before we go to bed on the 10 o'clock news. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Anybody who says there's another way in except God's way is a thief and a robber. Now they've camouflaged it with denominational names. Or non-denominational names. Or interdenominational names. But Jesus said, He that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name. And leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable, Jesus spake Jesus unto them. And they were Baptists. But they understood not what things they which he spake unto them. 
Then said Jesus unto them again. Verily, verily, I say unto you. I am the door. Anybody that tries to get in except through him is described in verse 1 as a thief and a robber, a crook, a falsehood, a lie, a deceiver. I wonder how that go over on CNN, ABC, CBS, B-U-L-L, and all the other baloney stations that we watch. Well, now, wait a minute. You mean to tell me that you believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to God? You are a bunch of narrow-thinking bigots. (laughs) Uneducated, morally maladjusted, narrow Bible believers. Jesus said, I am the door. You say, well, I'll get in some other way. Well, he sure identified you in verse 1. But I'd feel better if I could climb in myself. I would feel more worthy if I could handle this job all by myself. Jesus said, not of works lest any man should boast. If you and I could get to heaven in any other way, we'd hang out a sign on Hallelujah Boulevard saying, look at me. Come on, I need an amen. Amen. Jesus said, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. Do we need to change the writing there so that you can understand that? Do we need to translate that into more legible vernacular so that you might understand how you can go to heaven Jesus said I'm the door you want in ask me I'll open the door and you walk in and you shall be saved and go out and go in and out and find pasture Verse 10, the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and destroy. Jesus said, I am come that you might have life 
and that you might have it more. What's that next word? Now look at your neighbor and see if maybe they look to you like they are experiencing this abundant life. Don't look at it. It might be your wife. (laughs) Jesus said, I am come that you might have life. And that you might have it more abundantly. Not going not to speak about that for just a moment. But he said, I, might, I have come that you might have life. Let me ask you something. Did the folks that he was talking to have life at that time? Were they breathing and speaking and arguing and... and uh, Conflabbing with the Lord? Did they not have life as you and I know it right now? They had earthly life. They had human life. But Jesus said to them, I am come that you who are breathing, You who are experiencing, you who are seeing, you who are hearing, that's what we identify as life. Come on, say amen. Amen. I am come that you who are breathing, seeing, hearing, I'm come that you might have life. You mean our Lord didn't realize that they had life? Or was he speaking of another kind of life? I have come that you who have life might have eternal life. And that when you get eternal life, you might have abundant life. There are many folks here today who have eternal life. But as I look at your face, I'm kind of wondering whether or not you might have abundant life. Life that is from above. Life that is free from anxiety and worry. Life that is filled with joy and peace, power. Eternal life is offered to the sinner. Abundant life is offered to the saint. Eternal life you get in an instant. Abundant life is something that comes gradually as we, as we serve and as we yield and as we give God what is ours and He takes what is ours and makes it His and then in return He makes His ours so that everybody can see the life of God in us. Would to God that everybody in our church this morning could leave this place free from anxiety and worry and conflict and jealousy and anger and hate and so forth and so on and leave this place with the life of God. Wouldn't it be great once again to come to church and not go to sleep about halfway through? Isn't it amazing how we can watch a three-hour movie 
and fall asleep in a 15-minute sermon. Maybe we need a taste of God's abundant life. Oh, we've got eternal life and we're going to heaven for sure. We're saved by grace through faith and not of works lest any man should boast. Yes, we are secure. I know in whom I believe. I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which he have given unto him. And one day I'm going to go to heaven because I know he give unto me eternal life and I shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my head because my father which gave them to me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck Gene Wolfenbarger out of the father's hand. I'm going to heaven, bless your heart, with a frown. On the job, you can't tell any difference from a Christian and a lost person. One complains just as bad as the other. One thinks he needs a raise just as bad as the other. One talks to the lady next door just like the other. One listens to the smutty jokes just like all the other. One has eternal life. One just has life. Neither one has abundant life. What a shame. What an absolute shame. Jesus said... Verily, verily, what I'm telling you is really important. Notice, if you would please, the context, if you would please. In chapter 9, a blind man has been healed. A blind man has been healed. A miracle has transpired. He who could not see, suddenly the Lord takes spittle and puts it on the ground and mixes the clay and places the, the medicine, if you please, on the eye of he who has never seen. And you say, well, preacher, why did Jesus do it that way? It was very common at that time that spittle was used for medicinal purposes. And when Jesus did this, he was just trying to give the man confidence in what he was doing. And so he picked up the spittle placed on his eye and he healed the man. And he who was blind, never had seen, was now seeing. I don't know if you know or not, that would be a tremendous miracle. That'd be great reasons to rejoice. Amen. Amen. But Jesus goofed. He healed the man on the Sabbath day. And that made the religious crowd just madder than you know what. They wasn't concerned about a man being miraculously healed. They were concerned about a broken law. Chapter 1 and 2, you see that. And in chapter 9 and verse 7, we see the man is healed. And in that day, spiritual darkness had absolutely shrouded the witnesses who stood by and watched this great event happen. Last week we talked about the blindness of all of those that were there. We looked in our Bible and we saw the disciples were blinded by judgment in verse number 2. Sometimes we blind uh, our spiritual eye because we've already made a judgment in our mind before we ever let God have a chance to do something in our mind and heart. Well, I know why she's that way. I know why that family's having that problem. I know 
know why they're broke. I know. No, you don't know anything about them. You just think you know everything. We make very poor judges because we do it with limited information. And the disciples were blinded to the man and what the man was there for because of judgment. You notice also that the neighbors were judged, were blinded by skepticism. Is this the guy that was blind? It looks like him. Couldn't be because he, he sees today. Skepticism. A lot of us today will never see God do anything because we're skeptic that that Bible really is the word of God. We're skeptic whether that really works or not. We're, we're skeptics, bless your heart. And many are blinded by that. Others, the, the neighbors, you notice, were blinded by skepticism. The Pharisees were blinded by the religion. Well, this is not what my daddy said, and this is not what my mama said, and this is not what the kinfolk says, and this is not what I was raised in. That's probably good. If what you were raised in was so good, what are you doing here today? Well, Brother Gene don't do it like old Brother Elmo. No, Brother Gene ain't Brother Elmo. Well, Joshua Baptist Church don't do it like the other church on the other side of the road. No, it don't because we're on this side of the road. And many of us are blinded by how we were raised and where we were raised. Many of us just were raised in a service that was 30 minutes long. Well, you're going to get two weeks worth this week. Amen. Amen. And the Pharisees were blinded by the religion. Oh, Brother Jess Curry, bless his heart. I don't see him back there. He just got out of the hospital. He's been here for a hundred years or more. Uh, we were in a storefront. And he walked in our church one Wednesday evening, just over the storefront, and we just had started our church, and folk were getting saved, and, and folks were rejoicing, and so forth and so on. And old Jess don't care if I tell you this. And he came to me, and he joined our church, and I said, Jess, why did you come? He said, you know, preacher, I've been going to this Baptist church up on the highway, and they've been preaching that we're living in the days of Noah, and few shall be saved. And he said, ever I come, every time I come here, somebody's saved. Somebody's been lying to me. If few's being saved, that means few ain't going. I got news for you. People are a lot more willing to listen to the gospel than you are to share it with them. People want to go to heaven. People don't want to go to hell. They just don't know how to do it. And because of that, our religion that we've been poured in our ears all these years, and we are skeptic, we are afraid. The parents said, I'm not going to say anything about it. And so the man that was healed was saved in chapter 9, verse 34. Look at this. He was healed, then he was saved. Healed before he was saved. One synonymous. Notice in chapter 9 and verse 34. The Bible said, They answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sin, and dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. In other words, they kicked the blind man out of the synagogue when they wouldn't disown and discredit Jesus. Verse 35. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. 
<laughs> you ever been kicked out of anything? I went to a funeral one time and was asked to leave. That'll bless your heart. I've been kicked out of beer joints. But I've been kicked out of a funeral service. But the associate pastor come and said, Dr. Obenbarger, the family's asked that you leave. <laughs> I kind of know how this guy feels. He got kicked out. See, you're already feeling sorry for me because I got kicked out. <laughs> I can honestly say I've been kicked out of some of the best places in the world. They kicked this guy out of the synagogue. And the Bible says, when Jesus heard that they'd cast him out, and when he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? Verse 37, Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. Do you think maybe the man might have said hallelujah right there? Praise God. Pass that around again. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Get the context now. The man was blind. Jesus healed him. The religious cowed didn't like him. Mom and daddy was afraid to admit it. The neighbors really didn't believe it. And the disciples stand there with egg on their face. And the Pharisees and the religious crowd is denying everything that Jesus has done. And Jesus is standing there with the blind man at his side, addressing the religious crowd and said, Verily, verily. You kick this sheep out of your fold. Now... He is in my foe. Verily, verily, you bunch of thieves and bunch of robbers who's been trying to climb in your own religious traditional way. Don't you know and realize that I am the door? Standing there with a blind man talking to the religious crowd. Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door to the sheepfold. Any man that entereth in by me shall be, what's the word? If you want to be saved, you don't get there through a Baptist church. You don't get there through Judaism. You don't get through there through Islam. You don't get there through Buddha. You don't get there through Sumon. You don't get there through Mary Eddie Glader, Bucker Baker, or whatever she's going to be the next time she gets married. You get there through the door. Well, preacher, I don't understand what you're trying to say. You don't. Please notice, Jesus politically incorrect declaration. Verse 7. 
We're living in a day when you must be politically correct. We're living in a day of education. Living in a day of tolerance. Come on now, can you say amen? It's not politically correct to be so narrow. Would you say that Jesus' statement, I am the door, would be a politically incorrect declaration? Try that on uh, CNN. Uh, Try that on uh, Katie Couric's program. Uh, I want you to maybe run that by Larry King, Ted Turner. I want you to just lay that aside and just see if that will work on uh, today's show, tomorrow's show, or the next week's show. That is absolutely unacceptable today. I am the door. He did not say, I am another door. He did not say, I'm one of the other doors. He did not say that I am part of the door. He did not say that he was any kind of door. He said, I am the door. Could anybody help me now? Because folks are listening all over the world and they probably think that you're sleeping. Could you help me please? You who are listening by way of radio and TV, I want you to know I'm not the only one here. Could somebody please say amen? amen? Even if you don't believe it, would you say amen? Even if you are a liberal, CNE, Larry King, proselyte, would you say, Amen? Amen. Jesus said, I am the door. That is so narrow. Have you ever noticed something? Truth is narrow. Have you ever noticed that truth is narrow? Come here, Gary. Come here. This is going to be a difficult question for this young man. He's a straight A student. If there was a possibility of having a hundred and ten average, he'd have it. He is a math genius. What is four and four? Eight. Say it real loud now because folk want to hear it in Japan. Eight. They couldn't hear that in Cleaver. Eight. Eight. Since we're living in a day of tolerance, a day of liberalism, a day of compromise, would it be all right if you and I assume? Just for all the liberals that was with us, could four and four be seven and a half? No, sir. Uh, 
You're too narrow for me. Get off here. Go on. <laughs> you know why four and four is eight? It's truth. Amen. If you go to the moon, you know what four and four is? I don't know. I ain't never been there. <laughs> Another chapter of that book, I ain't going. I ain't lost one thing on the moon. There ain't no trees. Coons can't climb. I'm not going to the moon. I don't want to go to the moon. But if Garrett could go to the moon, I'll bet you four and four would still be eight. I'll bet you if he went to Iraq and Iran, I bet it'd still be eight. You know why? Because that's truth. You know what Jesus said? I'm the door. I'm the way. I'm the truth. What? And I'm the life. No man goes to the Father but by me. He's the door. He's the way. He's the name. Acts 4 and 12. For there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. First Timothy, the only mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. His politically incorrect declaration is absolute truth. You want to get in, you come through the door, not climb over the wall, not build your ladder and get in your own way and not go to school and educate yourself in how to blow a hole in the wall. You do not do any other thing. If you want in, come through the door. His politically incorrect declaration. Number two, I'd like to talk to you for just a minute and I know you're about ready to go, but I'd like to talk to you about His precise, inclusive directions. How do I get in the door? Some folks are kind of, kind of strange. They don't know how to get in the door. They're so busy building them ladders to climb over the wall, they forget there is a door. They're so busy trying to religiously find them another way to get in the sheepfold, they Forget all about the door. So Jesus said, I will give you a politically incorrect declaration and then I will give you precise, in-depth directions on how to get to heaven. Now, I thought that's pretty good. I didn't have any amens, but I tell you, our radio folk going to just, I think our radio folk and TV folk going to come just see if anybody here. <laughs> oh, you said you hadn't said anything make me feel worthy of saying amen. Well, look at your wife. And then just say amen. Thank you, God, for giving me her. Because when I looked in the mirror this morning, I went way over my head when I married her. Amen. Is there anybody here? Have you ever heard this verse? Now listen. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Do I need to interpret that for you? John 3, 36. He that hath the Son of God hath everlasting life. 
Does everybody understand that? The rest of the verse. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abideth upon him. Kind of narrow, don't you think? I'm glad I got the Son. Glad I have faith. I'm glad I believe. I'm glad I found the door. I'm glad I wanted in so bad, I just got up and went in. Notice, if you please, the Bible said, just to help you with this, this phrase now, notice this, verse number 10. The Bible says, verse number 9, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and go out in and out and find pasture. Any man. Is there anybody here, not a anybody? Have you ever seen anybody that wasn't anybody? Have you ever talked to anybody who's not anybody? If they're an anybody, guess who can get in? Come on now, they say amen. amen. Well, I've done something that I, God just cannot say. Anybody enter in shall be See, there is somebody here. <laughs> the folks thought I was preaching to myself all morning. Anybody, everybody, somebody, everyone, someone, anyone, anywhere, everywhere, somewhere. If you'd like to be saved, you fit in to his statement. I like that. Inclusive directions. You want to be saved. He's done all he's going to do. Now it's up to you. It's so elementary. I think in your notes there, I put A, B, and C. I'm not too sure. Did I put A, B, and C? If I did not put A, B, and C, I probably put Alpha, Omega. But whatever you got there, just put it down. Notice, if you would, please, A. Come. Matthew 11 verse 28. Come unto me all you that labor and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Hey. He said if you want eternal life. You got to come. If you come to my house. More than likely. It would be safer. To knock on the door. Than just to walk in. Because I married a pistol-packing mama. She is healed. You don't ever see her. She has not got two or three thirty-eights and a forty-five and a three-oh-eight and a two-oh-four and a seven-fifty-five. It don't make no difference. Rocket launcher, whatever it is. Don't walk in my house if you don't knock. Or duck, one of the two. Jesus said, you want in? Come. Call. Romans 10, verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. A, you come. B, you call. C, you claim. 
As many as receive him, to them gave you the power to become the sons of God. You come, you call, you receive. The door is open. Isn't he wonderful? Isn't Jesus our Lord wonderful? Uh, You don't have to pay. You don't have to do. You don't have to act. You don't have to be. Just come. Call. Claim. That's faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. And it is the gift of God. Lest any man should boast. (laughs) Not of works, lest any man should boast. Oh man, what a wonderful Lord. His political incorrect declaration. That's why folk don't like him. They'd like him a lot better if he'd just say, well, when you die, you get in free. Live like hell, die like heaven. Go to the graveyard smelling like booze. Come to heaven smelling like a rose. Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't it be nice if everybody could go on their own terms? Now that would fit in on CNN. But him being so narrow, that ain't going to fit in. Gave us precise, inclusive directions. I close with this. You say, you're going to close this early? I don't even know what time it is. No, can't close this early. Folk wouldn't come back tonight. I'm just kidding. Notice his personal in-depth description. His personal in-depth description. Verse 9 and 10. The Bible says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be, what's the word? Saved. Wow. Saved? Well, saved. Hmm. Saved, you say? What do a guy like me, who's a pretty good father, who grows kids taller than he is, who has kids smarter than he is, Who's raised kids to invest and save and work and be successful. What does a guy like me need to be saved? Why do I need to be saved? Why do you need to be? Why, after all, I bet you're a pretty good person. Compared to uh, Manson, Hitler, or Jay Ford. Now, if I would compare Brother Pickett to Hitler, he needs to go to heaven. Why does he need to be saved? Why? Some of you folk never killed anybody. Physically, you have verbally, emotionally, intellectually, you've killed some folks. Me, several weeks ago when I preached too long, But the Bible said you're going to be saved if you enter the door. Saved from what? He who created all must know there's something we need to be saved from. Well, I'm a Lutheran. 
Well, I'm a Pentecostal. The only difference in you folks is one service is longer than the other. One of you going to get the lubies before the other one does. Well, I'm Baptist. Well, I'm nothing. Oh, really? He did not put a denominational restriction. He says, shall be saved. Evidently, you and I need to be saved from something. You have any idea what that might be? Now, we can't mention it on Sunday morning. We have to do that on Wednesday night when just the members are here. Because we're living in a day of tolerance. And we can't talk about the H word. Not politically correct. And folk get mad when you talk about the H word. We are to be saved from the H word. Don't look at your wife and say he's talking about you, honey. (laughs) That won't work. Well, preacher, I'm just a pretty good person. You're a pretty good person that's going to hell. If you do not enter in the door. And there will be good people in hell. Because in their pride and in their religion. They were ashamed and embarrassed. To go through the door. His personal in-depth description. If you enter in you will be saved. Shall we read on? The Bible says in verse 9. And shall go in and out. That means you will be safe. Verse 11 said the good shepherd. Lays his life down for the sheep. If you notice in your Bible. Verses 1 through 5 is talking about a porter, a sheepfold. Verse 7 through 10 is talking about another sheepfold. Two sheepfolds are in view. A large sheepfold that constructed beforehand high walls, one door, porter at the gate and at the evening all the shepherds would bring their sheep their herds to this huge sheepfold the porter would open the door let the sheep in at night all the sheep would mingle and mix the next day when it came time to go out the pasture the particular shepherd would stand at the door and speak and his sheep mingled with all the other sheep would hear his voice, know his voice, and follow him. They didn't understand that. Jesus said, let me tell you about another kind of sheepfold. A smaller sheepfold, a sheepfold made temporarily of rocks, wood, and a fence, 
with one door, no porter, and the shepherd would bring his sheep in that one door, and then he, the shepherd, would lay across the door, making it impossible for a sheep to get out or a wolf to get in because the good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep, and literally the shepherd became the door. And Jesus said, I am the shepherd. I will save you and I will keep you safe. You can go in and go out as you like, but everywhere you go, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And the psalmist was so sure of that, he said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Hallelujah. Bless God, pass the beans. I will be saved. I will be safe. And I will be satisfied. And I give unto them life and abundant life. Dear God, I wish we Baptists would plug into some of this abundant kind of life. Oh, we went in all right. We got saved and we've been safe. But the way you're chasing a buck and you tell me you're satisfied. Success is based around materialism. If this woman don't please you, divorce her, go get another. Like a pair of shoes, just try it on, don't fit. We That's satisfying. Arguing with one another, trying to get furniture like mom and daddy's got. Credit cards, bills out the ceiling. If you seen my next door neighbor, he got a raise kit on his Four-wheel drive truck. I want one of them. You with 15 kids, you need a ladder to get in it. You need one of them. Satisfied? Preacher, don't do what I say. I'll join me in the church of my choice. Satisfied? Abundant life. I wish I had time to talk to you about abundant life, but I don't. But that's what Jesus said with that, with that blind man that just been healed and been kicked out of the synagogue. And you get kicked out of the synagogue, your family had nothing to do with you. You couldn't even buy groceries. Nothing would take place in the marketplace. You were an outcast of society. You are just almost like a leper now. You've been kicked out of the fold. Jesus said, I've got a fold that crowd don't know anything about. And you got kicked out, but thank God you got in through the door. And all of God's people said, I wonder, are you experiencing all that God, Jesus Christ, intends for you to experience? Let me tell you something. 
I'm not going to get abundant life at a coon hunt. I got the best dogs on my block. Probably some of the best ones in all of America. I love to do it. But I don't get no abundant life out of that. Competition, mad at the dogs, mad at the world because there ain't no place to hunt, mad at the game warden because he caught me and I didn't have any license, mad, mad. Tell me about abundant life in your hobby. I got a boat. No, I don't. Andrew's got a boat. No, he don't. We both got a boat. You take off to the lake and the motor don't work. Tell me about abundant life. What did you call that motor? What did you refer to that boat as? Abundant life? Well, I got some money. You want to die and run off and leave it. You're not going to spend that. Abundant life? Well, I married this little chick and she's younger than me. She lights my light, rings my bell and lights my shuck. You know what age your bell quits ringing and your shuck quits lighting? (laughs) Abundant life? Let's be honest. We don't know one thing about God's abundant life. Life from above, free from anxiety and care and arguing, hostility, excuses, blaming somebody else. We know nothing about that. Boy, I'd like for our church to plug into it, though. And you know how you're going to find it? You're going to find it at the end of a dollar bill. You're not going to find it at the end of some hobby you and I partake in. You're not going to find it in some person. It's found in Jesus Christ. He's the only one that's got it. He's the light of the world. He's the bread of life. He's from above. He is the door. He is the source of abundant life. He said, you will not come unto me that you might have life. I've wasted enough of your time. You want in. You want to be saved. You want to be safe. You want to be satisfied. I used to sing a song when I could sing only Jesus can satisfy my soul. Only he can save me and make me whole.